Today's podcast is sponsored by Aaron Visual. If you're looking for high quality and affordable clothing, look no further than Aaron Visual. Their apparel line is perfect for any summer occasion. So what are you waiting for? Find your next fresh summer fit at AaronVisual.co. That's A-A-R-O-N-V-I-S-U-A-L dot C-O. Aaron Visual. Clothing by Aaron for everyone. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and I'm joined here with my college writing professor, John Remington. John, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me on, Jonathan, and I am not a professor. I'm just a fellow student like you, a little older, a little fatter, a little slower, so <laughs> no professor here. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we joked about him coming on the podcast for, I think, the beginning of... <laughs> beginning of the quarter and, and he said he didn't want to come on if the Blazers were in the playoffs because he's an avid Blazers fan and his bias he was worried his bias would show a little bit but now that the Blazers are unfortunately out I mean unfortunately for you but fortunately for the podcast we get to have you on so happy to happy to sit down and talk a little bit with you so. happy to be here thank you all right let's go ahead and jump right into it so the NBA finals we're two games through mm -hmm. uh, I mean we've seen a lot from both teams um, pushing us to believe that either of them could win the series I mean it's pretty surprising the uh the switch that we've seen from these teams because game one it looked like it was all raptors you know kevin durant was going to need to come back in order for them to win the series and then all of a sudden in game two looney's out thompson's out and durant's out and the warriors still win uh what what have you seen from the warriors so far in this postseason that that makes it a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. Well, I think one of the things that um, I have noticed, certainly with watching the Warriors, is how great their system is. And um, a lot has been said, you know, about the Warriors system and how it has, some people have derided it as destroying basketball. Mm -hmm. But what I've loved about it is it has gotten rid of, quote unquote, hero ball, where it is pass and find the best shot. Not just the, the, the shot that's open at the moment, but what is going to be the best shot. And so right now, with all of the injuries that they've had, uh, we also, well, we'll talk about the boogie-sance a little mm -hmm. bit later. There is a, a, a boogie renaissance kind of happening, I think, with game two that we got to see. Mm -hmm. But I think that their system of pass and, and cut and the, the running the multiple screens um, has really bailed them out in this, in this time of travail. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically, I, we got to give serious props to the amazing uh, talent that is Draymond Green. Yeah. Draymond Green is, I think, that unique unicorn, that glue guy. And while, you know, whether or not people enjoy his his persona um, off the court, he is his basketball IQ is off the charts, and his ability to pass, his ability to make that play, that crucial play, on both ends of the court, um, is really what I think he is their MVP. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and for all of their championship ru runs, he is their glue guy. Uh, no Draymond Green, even with KD, uh, even with Boogie Cousins. I don't think uh, if Draymond Green is out, the Warriors have no hope whatsoever. Yeah. It's a hot take five minutes into the <laughs> podcast. But no, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Draymond's definitely been that guy that's you know, defended the best player. He's created shots for other, other players on, on offense and kind of doing everything that's needed to be done. Uh, the the Raptors though on the other side so throughout the entire playoffs it seemed like Kawhi's team Kawhi had been carrying them uh, on his back I mean with with little minimal help I mean a few games here from Siakam a few games there from Kyle Lowry but this po like this this final so far we've seen him kind of tail off a little bit not a lot but we've kind of seen that wear and tear that the playoffs can have on you 
Uh, luckily, Siakam stepped up in game one, um, and, and he got Fred VanVleet showed up too in game two. Um, but the Raptors played to the, to the level or above the level of the Warriors for three out of the four quarters, and they still lost. So what is it, if you're a Raptors fan or a Raptors player, what does that kind of have to be like for you to know that, yeah, we, we played a great game for three quarters, and yet we still lost at home? That is what the Warriors do, is the Warriors cut your heart out. They cut your soul out uh, with their system and their absolute tenacity. The other thing for the, for the Toronto Raptors is the series lays not with Kawhi and not even with Siakam or even Ibaka. If Ibaka can somehow turn the clock back to Oklahoma City Ibaka, mm-hmm. um, it's Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is the guts of that. And when we have to notice that when he, he fouled out with what, with four minutes to go in the game, yeah. right as you know, Thompson's out uh, at that point, and the Raptors are staging a legitimate comeback. And Lowry has played really well uh, mm-hmm. this series, and he's actually he did great in the uh, in the Milwaukee series, and he's done great against uh, the Warriors specifically with his ability to take offensive charges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's done these wonderful where he's just stood in the box and taken these massive downhill hits from Draymond and, and others, and that causes these crucial turnovers. Um, and but him fouling out so late in that game as they're making that that turnaround, I think that cuts the heart out of the the Raptors, and so it is. I think the uh, his shoulders are wide enough for him to take on that burden, and it needs to be with Kyle Lowry at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the so w- they're split both games one mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Going back to Golden State, uh, um, Kevin Durant was listed out today for that game. Uh, and Clay Thompson is still questionable. We're not really sure, but that injury didn't look too good. Do you think there's a chance he shows up in Game Three? There is always a chance uh, until they say he's an absolute no go, an absolute scratch. There's always a chance. Uh, they do need uh, Thompson, and he is. At the end of the day, we have to remember he is a competitor to the core. Um, he has this sort of reputation on the court and off the court of being very laissez-faire, sort of laid back, mm-hmm. hands off, and and letting things come to him. But at the end of the day, too, he is a competitor, and he is a tough, tough kid. And, uh, I mean, he was raised here in the, in the Pacific Northwest, and mm-hmm. he is a uh, pedigree, a blazer pedigree. Do you realize that he and Kevin Love could have been on the same high school team? Really? Yeah. Interesting. And then uh, Michael Thompson, his dad, um, got the job there in L.A. right before he, uh, he starts – high school mm-hmm. so they were they played eighth grade and they played some AAU together and they were on the same baseball team so <laughs> do you think that it's possible for the the Warriors to win this finals if Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant don't play another game because I mean I assume that Kevin Durant was going to miss those, those mm-hmm. that rocket series and he was going to come back for the Blazers series I mean granted they swept the Blazers so there was no big concern that they really needed him but now we're three games into the NBA finals so he's missed, what is that, eight, mm-hmm. nine games. Right. Uh, is I mean, the, the calf strains are always the toughest because it's there's no clear cut, here's what you need to do to fix it. It's just wait and wait till he's ready to go. But do the Warrior, can the Warriors still win the finals without they can win. Them? They can win the finals without KD. They mm-hmm. cannot and will not win the finals without Klay Thompson. Okay. Because Klay Thompson is such the, the complete two-way player. Um, he can actually shut down anybody on the defensive end. He is one of those elite defenders, um, probably one of the best defenders we've seen in the last 10 years in the NBA. Mm-hmm. 
and that gets so far overlooked by the casual fan. His ability to just to lock, I mean, he locked down Damian Lillard. He locked down C.J. McCollum. Um, just an amazing player, his length, his strength, and his guts. And defense, as you know, is all about the tenacity and being willing to stay in that box. Yeah. And he does it. He has that drive. So no KD, I think the, I think the Warriors can still win in six. No Clay Thompson, now it's open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as Kyle Lowry steps up. Yeah. No Kyle Lowry, it, I think the, the Warriors can still do it. Yeah, and, and this, this finals has a lot more to do with just winning a championship. Mm-hmm. A lot of potential free agents coming up this year uh, that, that we can kind of break down now. You've got Kawhi Leonard, DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. And I think a lot of it has to do with how this series turns out as to whether or not they stay or they go. Uh, so I'm just going to go through those, those guys. Uh, we can talk about it a little bit, but I want you to tell me whether they stay or go. Uh, you know, if, if the, the finals impacts whether or not they stay or go. So Kawhi Leonard, first off. He's gone. He's already bought two houses, what, in the San Diego, uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. area. So he's definitely going with the Clippers. Probably uh, the Clippers most definitely. Maybe the Lakers, but doubtful. Mm-hmm. I don't see he, he and LeBron being able to coexist on the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely is gone. I think even if they win, even if Toronto win, really? Kawhi is even gone. Even if they win. That's my hot take right there. Okay. Yeah. Well, we talked about it a little bit on the show last week. Um, I agree with you. I think he's going to go to the Clippers. Even if they win. the Lakers. Well, I don't know about if they win mm-hmm. because I think if they win, he becomes a legend in Toronto, right? Right. Like they've already gone. I mean, he's arguably a legend already just from what he's been able to do right now. And if he can build on that with another strong finals performance and yes. take down the, the Warriors, I don't, I don't see how he can leave. I mean, he wants to win. And if you – if you look at it from just a winning perspective, I think if you take Kawhi Leonard off both those teams, the Clippers are better than than the Raptors. Just from the depth that they have, the unselfishness they mm-hmm. have as a team. You've got Lou Williams, uh, Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, and you've got young guys, uh, Shea Gilgis. There you go. That's it Landry right Shea. there. It's the youth. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Lowry is long in the tooth. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark Gasol is long in the tooth, and he's a big guy with a lot of miles on him. Uh, Pascal Siakam is really their only go-to guy. Fred Van Vliet is, Van Fleet is so up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a fourth-quarter guy, maybe a third-quarter guy, but he's not a season guy. And um, in Serge Ibaka, he's, I mean, he's holding on by the skin of his teeth. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, your argument for the Clippers as the ideal destination for Kawhi is unmatched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I think uh, regardless of whatever happens, uh, he wants to be – I don't think he'll spurn to or spur uh, <laughs> pun uh, intended. To, yeah, pun intended two franchises by by leaving in that way. Uh, so I think that if if they do win, I think he has to. If even if they don't win, he has to consider it because he hit arguably one of the greatest shots in Raptors history in just one season. Try as, NBA history. That was amazing. That's true. I think with there's an argument to be made there. All things considered, um, you know, with the intensity, the fact there's a tie game, it was a buzzer beater. Uh, but still, that's a great, in- incredible shot. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on to the second guy. So Draymond Green, stay or go? He stays. He stays. Draymond Green, is he's a leader, but he is not your alpha dog. Mm-hmm. He is your, your ultimate glue piece. And uh, I do not see him – I don't see him moving anywhere. Because if he moves anywhere, he's going to be expected to become the alpha. Yeah. And for all of his bluster and all of his um, 
posing. He is not the guy. He is the fourth guy. He is the third guy. And he is the best third guy probably in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in, in my 40 years of being a fan of the NBA, I've never seen a third guy as important as, as he is. Mm-hmm. So he, and I think he knows his role in Golden State. And while he and Steve Kerr may not always see eye to eye, um, it's just like a family. You don't, you know, sometimes you bicker among your siblings. Um, yeah. He's got a great thing there. He's not going to get any, no, there's no other destination that will give him the benefit uh, that he has in Golden State. Yeah, I, I think the only, just to play the, the devil's advocate for, for all of your uh, responses, I think the only way that he does consider leaving is if a team does offer him that max contract. Because you've got a lot of lower, I mean, we've seen it before. Tim Hardaway Jr. did it, uh, you know, where you get a, a lower end guy. Uh, on a franchise that's in need of, you know, hopefully them turning into something big. Uh, and so they'll throw him that max money because if you look at what Draymond's accomplished in his career, he has he stays average, does what he needs to do. There's already an argument for him to be in the Hall of Fame just based off of what he's accomplished now uh, on the Warriors. I don't think there's any level of success that, that he needs to do uh, just other than to say that, look, I can do it on my own too. So there may be that piece of him that wants to say, you know what, I don't need – Stephen Clay, you know, I, I love playing for the Warriors. I love being in the finals so many years, but I don't need them on my team. Which, speaking of creating our own legacy, that moves us to Kevin Durant. <laughs> does he stay or does he go? He's gone. He is so gone. I really believe that he has he's played the ultimate form of basketball that he wanted to do. Um, he's something of a basketball purist. And he's gotten the two rings so he can get that monkey off his back. Mm-hmm. And now he will go definitely to New York. I see that as his ultimate destination. That being said, would I be surprised if he stayed? Not at all. I could see him staying, but I definitely see him going to New York and playing on the biggest stage in the NBA. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not getting as much, uh, you know, flack for for going to the Warriors and, and staying and playing. I mean, all the analysts are saying he's the best player in the NBA. Well, we don't really know that. We don't really know what he's capable of on his own. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, too, having to guard the third best player, potentially the third best player on a team every given night, as well as having two of the greatest shooters of all time uh, in the backcourt creates a really easy situation for for you know for him to flourish, uh, being the great scorer that is. I mean, there's no question he's a great player. Yes. You know, But I think he especially, if Draymond has to prove himself, then Kevin Durant has to prove himself that much more of being that guy that can can be the number one option, take on that responsibility, and and win a championship. And he was on track to do that when Seattle, when he, his rookie year in Seattle, he mm-hmm. was the number one guy. Yeah. Um, and then Westbrook comes in, I think, his second year. Um, and he's still number one yeah. uh, through at least the first couple of years. But he and Westbrook, for whatever reason, did not mesh. Mm-hmm. So I think I like your argument there where you, it sounds like you're suggesting that when he goes to New York, he has that opportunity then to prove truly how great he is. Because um, he is, and I, I think going back to the two-way argument, n- uh, very few people give Kevin Durant the um, respect that he deserves on the defensive end. He is a fine, fine defensive player, mm-hmm. and and he helps out amazingly well. So, I, yeah, I definitely see him going to New York so he can be the alpha of the alpha dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think New York is kind of the, the best situation for him with the most market exposure, and obviously, I mean, they're – they're still rebuilding, but having a guy like Kevin Durant would help them. Even though they're as dysfunctional as, <laughs> as imaginable. Mm-hmm. 
the, probably the most dysfunctional franchise in professional sports. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to finish this section of the podcast up, and then we're going to move into uh, high school players going overseas as opposed to playing in college, as well as uh, colleges paying players. All right. We've got two more guys on the list to cover before we move into something else. So, Clay Thompson. Does Clay Thompson stay or does he go? That is a tough one. Um, so I'm going to defer to you. What is your opinion first? Well, I think Clay Thompson has, I don't know, it, it's tough because he's another one of those guys that could really use the chance to prove himself. But I think he should only go somewhere if he can be that second star, you know, and, and have the attention diverted from him. So I think Los Angeles would be a great spot for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that playing with LeBron would give him an opportunity to be that spot-up shooter as well as lockdown defender that they need. Um, but, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it seems like those are the only real two options for him. Um, I think he's better off staying in Golden State and, you know, feeding off of that uh, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time and a great defender uh, type of, you know, mantra that people have been giving him throughout his career as opposed to trying to prove himself somewhere else regardless of how much money he may get. Yeah, that's exactly my thoughts too, Jonathan, is I see him in Golden State. Um, he's got the legacy. He's got the winning, uh, he's, he's got the winning reputation. Mm-hmm. He's got the rings. He's got the rings and things. Um, I don't know what motivates him. It, it appears that you know, he's going to get paid. It appears that just playing well and being competitive and having that winning edge is what motivates him, as opposed to doing it somewhere else or proving it somewhere else. The media has tried to spin it as he's tired of, I think I saw a uh, headline not too long ago where he's tired of feeding off the crumbs. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that is, to use the, <laughs> to use the term fake news, I, I don't see that as being legitimate. Yeah. Um, however, if KD goes, Clay Thompson's staying, mm-hmm. as is Draymond. As yeah, no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. If KD stays... Now that Clay might be going to L.A., yeah, and I would, I would, I would love to see LeBron and, and Clay Thompson on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be not as a Blazer fan mm-hmm. or you as a Celtics fan, but yeah. I would love to see that as an NBA fan. Yeah. So we've come down to our last player. Now this one is where it gets a little bit trickier. So Demarcus Cousins, he missed a lot of this season and a lot of the playoffs due to injury, and we really, uh, save for a. a game two in the finals performance we haven't really seen demarcus cousins like we remember him is there any team this is the first question is there any team in the league that will pay him the max because i think that's that was the whole point of signing with the warriors he wanted to win a championship rehab and then get a max contract next summer next summer somewhere else but has he done enough to prove that he's still worth a max there's a lot of alarm bells with DeMarcus Cousins, his health specifically. Mm-hmm. Achilles tendons are almost virtually impossible to come back from, especially for big people. I mean, here, what is he, seven foot, yeah, a seven good foot. 270? Mm-hmm. And he's done well, but you know, already his movement all year has been off. And it takes two years for you to come back. Yeah. I do not see a max contract this year. Um, I don't know who would be able to sign him for the max contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see him potentially re-signing with Golden State for maybe slightly more. Mm-hmm. Depends on how how much, because when Golden State wins the ring, as I predict they will, I think um, that's going to take a, a huge monkey off his back. Um, he has been branded a locker room cancer in the past and a coach killer and all of those. Yeah. Whether they're deserved or not, history seems to suggest either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but now being seen as a winner and the, his 
uncanny passing, great passing. He and Draymond both just passing out of the post beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, makes him a winner, and I could see him staying in Golden State maybe for the less than max. Now, maybe doing a one-more-year deal, Yeah. maybe a $10 million or a, a 14 Yeah. Um, but not he, no one's given him a max. Yeah, that's what I was saying in, in Game 2. I don't. I, I agree. I don't think he's worth a max, but I think a team could get by giving him $15 million or mm-hmm. $20 million just for one year. Just say, hey, you know, we know you're capable of being an all-star, but we want to make sure that you can do it before we give you all this money. So... I feel like if they win, there's less pressure for him to come back because if winning a championship, the best position, the best place to go to is Golden State. Like you're guaranteed a spot in the finals. Like we've seen, I mean, it doesn't matter who they have on the court. You know, they're missing star players. So they're gonna get there, as crazy as it is. But if he wins, I think he may look for more of a contender, that someone that has a little bit of cap space and say, look, here's what I can do for you. I'm gonna come on your team. I'm, I'm gonna do the best I can, be the best I can. You know physically wise and then try and score that max contract next summer because i think he's 29 Mm -hmm. so his his window is closing it's closing fast and they close big and fast on big guys Mm -hmm. yeah because i mean luckily he's able to shoot the three Mm -hmm. i think that's his saving grace as as a big man and his passing do that too Mm -hmm. yeah but because we've seen uh we've seen the old old traditional center die out rapidly i mean the the heater stuck with us on white sides 23 24 million dollar contract uh for the next couple of years and what what they don't even really play him anymore uh it's it's crazy to to think about that but speaking of big men anthony davis is in the news again (laughs) it's it's crazy so the pelicans have now officially said that they're listening to offers for anthony davis now i'm a little bit confused as to why because you pair him with drew holiday julius Randle, and zion williamson i think that's in my opinion, that's a top five team in the West, arguably the entire league. But they're looking to move him. I think they missed out on their best offer when the Lakers were sending the kitchen sink over to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. Uh, but where where is the best place for Anthony Davis to go in terms of play and chemistry-wise, and where's the best place for the Pelicans to send him as far as picks that they're going to get back? This is crazy because I'm with you 100% if – if Anthony Davis really wants to win, he's gonna he should stay in New Orleans mm-hmm. um, because what a great package and and I think that those pieces fit together well easily. Um, Anthony Davis is kidding himself if he thinks he's a true alpha. I, he is a great player, probably one of the best post players of the last 15 years, but he is not the alpha dog. Mm-hmm. He is not the leader. He can be the top scorer. He can be the best defender. But he's not the leader. He's not the Damian Lillard. He's not the Seth Curry. He's not the James Harden. He doesn't have – he's not LeBron James. He doesn't have that I'm going to kill you personality. Mm-hmm. And he's going to find that out when he gets to – if he goes to the bigger market. Yes, he might be dazed by the bright lights of L.A. and by the bright lights of New York, but the New York media will eat him alive, yeah. um, as will the New York media uh, – excuse me, the uh, Los Angeles uh, media. So – I see him landing in L.A. I see him going there because the fourth pick, mm-hmm. uh, they can give up the fourth pick. Brandon Ingram, where there's questions about his health. With, he's got the Chris Bosh-like blood clots settling yeah. in. Um, so, but, and I don't know about Kuzma yet, but I would certainly, if I'm, I'm going to take that as part of the kitchen sink. The mm-hmm. fourth, Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, and uh, definitely I would like Josh Hart. Yeah, Josh mm-hmm. Hart I from think, the outside mm-hmm. uh, would set up great with Drew Holiday and Zion and Julius Randle. 
Um, but then again, do you want Anthony Davis? He also has, has got an injury bug. Yeah. And the, the way he quit on the Pelicans, it, uh, I have some questions about his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big, a big thing to bring up, obviously. Um, another team I think that could give him a good package would be the Celtics. Now, I'm not saying I want him to go there, but the Celtics have three picks in the first round. Uh, one's in the lottery. Two of them are, are later. But, I mean, we've, there's a lot of, of deep guys in this class that they could find a, a diamond in the rough there. And, I mean, you've got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. And I was going to say Terry Rozier, but he's going to be a free agent. But they have a lot of those young pieces that the, that the Pelicans could really use, and it would also save them you know, a lot of cap space not having to re-sign. And while that's true, it's also true that this draft – beyond the first five picks is not considered to be the deepest draft. So the multiple picks may not be as attractive this year as it would have been in, in say, last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would have been. Um, so as a Celtic fan, are you willing to give up Tatum? No. Because Tatum is definitely a part of that. He he, ha- he has to. He'd I have agree. to be. A, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it just I, – I know it's going to sound it's going to sound bad. It's going to make me sound like a conceited Celtics fan. But if is, we, there, if, is, that, is that repetitively redundant? I think so. I've said it. I've said it a lot of times. Uh, I think if we lose Kyrie Irving and re-sign Terry Rozier, we're going to be a better team overall. Yes. Because I think I'm I'm banking on Gordon Hayward slowly coming back. Because everyone everyone's ready to throw in the towel and say, Hey, look, get rid of Gordon Hayward. Look, I mean, Paul George when he had his injury. I mean, he's obviously a lot younger and more athletic, but it still took him a couple years to come back. I think this year was the first year that we've seen what he's really capable of, and the injury happened in 2014. You know, and so we, if we wait on Gordon Hayward a little bit, he'll grow into his own. Uh, you know, we get rid of Kyrie, who's been an issue in the locker room. <laughs> that gives more time for Jalen Brown to grow, gives more time for Jason Tatum to grow. I mean, Terry Rozier is a really good point guard. You look at last year in the playoffs, what yes. he was able to do. Yes. That's just a, a piece of what he could do, given the playing time that, that he needs to develop. So while I think the Celtics could give them the best package, I don't think it's in their best interest to be trading for Anthony Davis at this point. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. Now, let me just throw this at you. Maybe you've already discussed it in previous podcasts, Jonathan, but if the Celtics deal for Anthony Davis, does Kyrie stay? I think so, just because uh, just because he has that relationship. I mean, been, there have been rumors that they've been talking about it, you know, about playing together. And, I mean, it's no secret the Celtics do have the most assets to give up. Um, the only way that I see that making sense is if we give up a substantial amount of our young talent, that it's not a concern of, of them getting better. You know, that, that we don't have that strong youth talent that like Jalen Brown, we give up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. That way we don't have to worry about developing them. I mean, Marcus Mm -hmm. Smart doesn't care. Marcus Smart's going to play how he plays no matter he's playing 12 minutes or he plays 35 minutes. Right. So he's not a concern. I would say the two of them would be the biggest concern. And also, we haven't really seen Brad Stevens deal with a lot of, of star power, which is a, a point that I think we're kind of overlooking mm-hmm. um, and just saying, you know, you look at the Celtics season overall, we say, oh, he's a bad coach. Well, Brad Stevens may not necessarily be a bad coach, but you look at his time at Butler, his main star, the guy, the number one guy he had was Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward's not an issue. This whole season, you haven't heard one word out of Gordon Hayward negatively towards his teammates or towards his coach. Right. But you get guys that are more outspoken like Kyrie, uh, Anthony Davis may not be speaking out in the media, but he's obviously, you know, working deals, his agents working deals. Um, 
and and the whole chemistry issue with the Boston Celtics was a huge problem because Mm -hmm. and not just guys mouthing off or whatever but where do they fit they have too much redundancy yeah I tell you as a Blazer fan or as an NBA fan a Boston Celtic lineup of Kyrie Anthony Davis and Gordon Haywood that's a scary lineup yeah Um, because I think on paper and in theory as I as I visualize it in my mind that is a fit mm-hmm. that is a great fit yeah. where you can kick it to Kyrie you can kick it to Gordon or yeah and and uh, Kyrie is able to drive as is Gordon Haywood he was starting to get his driving back yeah and uh, Anthony Davis can pick and pop he can also you know get down the low block get you a bucket mm-hmm. he can be a traditional center he can be a new that's a scary lineup so yeah. I would, yeah, if Anthony Davis really wants to win, he goes to the Celtics and Kyrie stays. Yeah. I, it's just, it's tough because, I mean, you, you talk about on paper and in theory. Well, on paper and in theory, you know, it should be the Celtics in the finals based off of, of talent and potential that everyone had. Because that's, that's the biggest thing I, you know, it's if mm-hmm. they didn't have, if they didn't show out last year in the playoffs and they didn't go all the way to Eastern Conference Finals game seven against LeBron. Without Kyrie, without Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, they don't have they don't have this amount of pressure on them because you can still you can shove it off as this whole season you can say oh well Jason Tatum's still developing Gordon Hayward hurt himself Jalen Brown's still developing Terry Rozier's still developing but the fact that they showed that they could be like the, they could be key pieces in a championship run added to that pressure and maybe added to their ego of saying well hey look at what I did before but now I'm having to defer to Kyrie all the time and now to go off script a little bit. Blazers 2019 are Celtics 2018 because mm-hmm. we lost Nurkic mm-hmm. and we had a lot of injury issues. Yeah. And the what I'm uh, afraid of as a, as a Blazer fan is this is it's the exact same thing yeah. that happened with the Celtics. Um, I, and I'm being very guarded about, for instance, my expectations of the Blazers next year yeah. because they, they had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly they've always been better as the underdog. Although – the West is still getting better, and so they will be perpetual underdogs. But, yeah, that's my hot take. Blazers 2019 are the Celtics 18. That I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, because we knew the talent was there, but once Nurkic was gone, I think everyone kind of wrote it off as, well, all right, good luck, you know, try again next year. But uh, do do you think that Cantor and, and Nurkic can coexist? Like, will, will Terry Stotts try playing him at the four and the five, or is one of them going to have We don't have the, the money to, to – to hold on to both Hood and Cantor. So either Hood or Cantor are gone. And probably they're going to be holding on to Hood mm-hmm. uh, because he gives the more versatility. Our, our forward play is so inconsistent. So Hood gives us a more consistent scoring threat uh, from that corner than Aminu or Harkless. Mm-hmm. So um, as much as I love Cantor, he will be gone. There's, I would love to see them both. Um, yeah. I love what Cantor gives. Um, his hustle on both ends, and and he played what? How much of the playoffs with with an uh, with a broken mm-hmm. wing? Yeah, literally. And I like his personality. I like what he gives to the uh, community. But we can't keep them both, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's going to be an exciting NBA free agency. I mean, we just touched on seven of the guys that you know. I mean, you've still got D'Angelo Russell. Oh my you've goodness! Got, we we haven't even. There's so many to talk about. I think we. And may they're all going to be overpaid. Oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yeah. People talked about what was it? Sixteen was the the first oh, big, the big jump of uh, the yeah. big jump. Mm-hmm. You know, and when, for instance, the Blazers signed Et to that <laughs> unholy uh, contract. 
um, it, this is going to be nothing. 2019 is going to be crazy overpay. Yeah. No, I, it's, I mean, well, I would say that 2016 was worse in the sense of how many yes. bad players were signed to big contracts. Yes. I mean, Kelly Olynyk signed for four years, $50 million. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, he was, he left the Celtics and I was like, well, I'm kind of sad to see him go, but there's no, there's no way in the world I pay him $50 million for anything. No. I, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think a lot of change is going to come from this offseason. And, I mean, I'm excited to see how the NBA looks. Yeah, from... the NBA is now, they, they talk about it, it's a 12-month 12, 12 uh, season. Mm-hmm. With Summer League and free agency, oh, it's yeah. a 12-month news cycle, especially with podcasts and all the different platforms of media. It's just mm-hmm. awesome for basketball junkies. So Definitely, yeah. And uh, something that we haven't been able to touch on the podcast yet, it's just been slipping my mind, but RJ Hampton. Uh, announced that that he's going to New Zealand this off season, uh, or this this next season as opposed to going to college. So this was kind of a big shock because I mean Adam Silver talked about a hundred thousand dollar G League contract for um, high school players, and that has has been in the works. Nothing's really set up there, but going overseas is something that not not many people have really tried. I mean obviously Luka Doncic came from overseas, but he he had grown up. Um, in Europe, and so that wasn't as Emmanuel Mudiay did a year in China. Mudiay did it too, yeah. as well. Yeah, but we never really saw. Um, we we haven't seen this that much. Is this something that's just a an outlier, or something that a lot of high school players are going to start to consider? I think it's going to start happening. I, I and it seems to make sense. Um, I, as an academic, do. Um, Obviously, I have a dog in the hunt where I believe that people should get an education and have a year of growing, but growing but these men are in and women hopefully someday will be at this level they have a right to make a living off of their talents and we do not and i've heard this argument said by people far more articulate and informed than i we do not balk when a actor or a musician uh, has a career at 16 17 18 years old and foregoes college now maybe it's a false analogy and, and it's a false equivalency and i can see that we don't balk when they don't when they skip college and, and go right to the, the professional ranks. And so, why should we think the same way with NBA players? Um, so, I think it's going to become a big trend, and they might as well begin earning their money for their talents. Um, it's that age-old dog, uh, the age-old elephant in the room when it comes to college athletics: are they pros mm-hmm. or are they amateurs? And they're making massive bucks for their colleges. And they have every right. Um, I'm always going to side with labor when it comes down at the end of the day. And labor has a right to profit from their, from their skill. And if a kid can develop overseas playing professional ball at a high level, and in some ways it's higher level than the college game, much higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the Spanish league is, is a great league. China is just blossoming yeah. like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, several years ago, Greece was the top league. Um, and if they can play against that high-level talent and develop their skill, develop their game, develop, most important, their maturity, that's going to help. Many years ago, uh, when, they, when they reinstated the one-and-done, when they reinstated at least the, the one-and-done rule, um, when a lot of uh, high school players like Sebastian Telfair mm-hmm. and others were, were washing out, there was that maturity issue. And I think the NBA has created, I think, a far more – positive infrastructure to help train young talent how to take care of the business and how to be grown men 
and how to deal with that high pressure situation and give them the support, living support um, that is needed. That's one of the things I think goes un, um, unheralded about LeBron James mm-hmm. is how marvelous a character he has been and how he dealt with his business coming straight out of high school. Of course, he had a good support system. Yeah, and I think one of the things that that we don't really think about either is when you're playing overseas, playing in the EuroLeague, playing New Zealand, playing in China, most of the time you're playing against men. Yes. These are 18-year-old boys that are going out there and playing basketball. Like you said, they're not really exposed to what it takes to to play professionally. Um, And, you know, they obviously they can get screwed over in, in, you know, sponsorship deals or that sort of thing. But just looking at it, their bodies aren't fully developed yet, Mm -hmm. right? And playing in college, at least they're playing against guys that are similar in that sense of not being developed. But when you go overseas, you don't know who you're playing. I mean, you could be playing some 19, 20-year-old kids, but you also could be playing some late 20s, early 30s guys that have, you know, their bodies developed. They've been able to build a lot of weight. And that sometimes hurts their stock because mm-hmm. it's not – because it's comparing apples and oranges. I mean, you're, you're looking at raw talent as opposed to uh, defined a defined in, or a professional player. And so I think that's why it's especially important for – um, college or the NCAA to consider, you know, like they have in um, that came out in the news that they're considering allowing athletes to make a profit off of their likeness um, and and marketing opportunities because it's only going to hurt the, both of them. Like unless they they come to some sort of agreement, they're not really there's no real easy way to win because either the NCAA loses because they're losing top players, um, and and the those players lose because they're going and playing against they're outmatched uh, athletically. And so I don't, I don't think it's a coincidence that the NCAA is, is realizing what's happening and, and taking those steps. The to... only, that's a great argument. I think that's solid, but um, where the, the argument really needs to lay is in, it is in exposure. So on one level, the, the players that are going to Europe and into New Zealand and those foreign leagues, they're playing against top talent. They're playing against adult men. And how do you adjust against that? Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how, do you, how do you sharpen your skill and sharpen your technique, your basketball IQ? Because some of those, a lot of those players, especially from the, um, Slovenia and uh, those places like Luka Dantic, they have complete games. Mm-hmm. And so you're playing complete games. What really lies in is in the money in terms of the advertising. And a lot of the European leagues are not being broadcast on TV or on the Internet yet. Mm -hmm. Once they are, because the NC2A has a huge television contract and is in perpetual. Um, So if those foreign leagues can get the media exposure that is somewhat equivalent of the NC2A, and that's that's 20 years out. Because it's just like football, soccer is slowly building in the United States, and maybe that's a false equivalency. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, if we had more exposure to those foreign leagues, that would help. The NC2A is a brand, and it is built in with that thing called tradition and awareness. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where I think it's going to come down to: is who who eyeballs? Where are the most eyeballs? Right now, the NC2A has the most eyeballs. Yeah. No, that's true. I think it's. I think. I think you're right. I think it is going to be a little bit before something. T- either they make a change or uh, something changes mm-hmm. outside of them. But I think that is going to be all the time we have oh, on the great. podcast.
John, thanks so much for coming. Thank on. you so much for having me. This was fun. Yeah, I, I was. It was great getting to talk a little bit about sports outside of the classroom. Right yes, now, so. it is. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. I would. Uh, I would talk about sports all the time in the classroom, but then I got to remember. Wait, that's not what they're paying me to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys can check out the episode of this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or on Anchor. Uh, you can also check it out on our website, as well as other blogs and merch. We've still got shirts and stickers out. They're still in stock, and they're waiting for you. Uh, you can check them out at www.notgonnaliepod.com. Oh, it's not going to lie, not ain't going to lie? Yeah, not going to lie. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. All right, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs>